Bobby, did you know that it's Live Nation's concert week and from now through May 14th, you can get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows? I did know because Live Nation sent us a list of all of the concerts and I'm obsessed because I'm definitely going to see some of these people. Well, you can get up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, including Alanis Morissette, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson. Who else am I seeing? Lainey Wilson. Peso Pluma and Sarah McLaughlin like back to back. That's fun. Megan Trainer then Peso Pluma, then Sarah McLaughlin, and have us the summer of my life. So grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to buy now. You or Jayla? Welcome to Who Weekly, the podcast where you'll learn everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. I'm Bobby Finger. I'm Lindsay Weber. And as if we willed it into existence, Vianetta, the fancy layered ice cream cake made from the 90s, is making a comeback. I thought we would get a call about it. Turns out we just got about a million tweets about it. I didn't really will this back into existence, I have to say. When we were talking about it, I wasn't like, wow, wish I could eat this. I'm no, I mean... Maybe you did. I think I secreted this. This is law of attraction. Well, can you maybe try it on something else? Maybe like not the Viennetta? <laughs> There's a few other uh, topics I'd love for you to uh, attack with your positive thinking. It turns out I have the power, so I'm going to start thinking positively about a whole lot of other things. Instead not of just, just the Viennetta. You've been doing the Viennetta Novelty for the past ice cream year. cakes. <laughs> yeah. Novelty ice cream cakes. Just the Viennetta has been on your mind for the past however long since we talked about it. I should refocus my intentions. Now that I've gotten this taken care of, I can move on to other things. It's only one thing at a time. Is that how it works? Yeah. That's how my particular version of it works. Right. Yeah. You're you like Katie only Holmes, but useless. I got it. I got it. <laughs> yeah. Just one thing. Katie Holmes was pretty useless too. She only used it to what? Fix her roof? Um. Okay. She changed her whole life. She got a boyfriend. <laughs> She didn't, she didn't get a Viennetta, but she did get a boyfriend. I guess you did something for the world. She did just something for herself. So what you did was I truly did. more noble. Okay. I did. Yeah. She was very selfish with her for the use of the law of attraction. Very selfish. This is Who's There, a weekly call-in show where we take your questions, comments, and concerns at 619-WHO-THEM. We can start with comments. Had to pause the pod. How dare you who the sweet escape Gwen Stefani. Um, she's obviously a huge, huge them. <laughs> My mom was a really big Gwen Stefani fan, so like I was in middle school in like the Sweet Escape era, but I like grew up on No Doubt. My mom loved it, and like so I think that I have a broad understanding of all of the different Gwens. That being said, Sweet Escape Gwen is iconic. That video was on like the VH1 charts. I watched it on like Sunday mornings every day for what feels like a year, and I was so obsessed with it that at the time. I was was getting pretty techy because I knew how to put custom music on my Sims 2 game. So when my Sims 2 Sims would go to play music on their stereo systems, Gwen Stefani Sweetscape would play. So just letting you know you unlocked that memory for me. Okay, inside. Wait, how do you do that? Did you know how to do that? <laughs> No, but I did it to like with like Roller Coaster Tycoon. There were some ones where you, I knew oh how to my add in custom music in certain video games, but I never did it with The Sims. I'm a hacker, but I did not know how to change the music on Sims 2. That's like incredible. I just knew how to like type in the codes or whatever. Oh, I did know how to download the skins. You could like download like, you know, different characters and stuff that I would, mm -hmm. that I could easily do. 
But wow, changing the music to Sweet Escape, all your sim, trapping your sims in a Gwen Stefani hell zone is like the funniest thing I can imagine for them. <laughs> and then playing the Sweet Escape for some like cruel irony. Can you imagine being a sim and you're like, for some reason, the only song that turns on our radios now is Gwen Stefani's The Sweet Escape and we don't know what happened. It's like under the dome. You just don't know. But the reality within your sims is you've just like created them a nightmare for them. Can you imagine being a sim? <laughs> Sweetie, we are sims. What do you think this is? <laughs> Damn it. Don't I am a get sim. out of here with that. You are a sim. Okay, well, at oh, least when I turn sims. on the radio, it's not just Gwen Stefani's The Sweet Escape. Actually, for a while, it was. Whenever that for came a out. While it was. <laughs> whenever probably that song when came this, out. Probably when this caller was making her Sims 2 Hell House that only we played were, Sweet Escape. And also, we were saying the look is a who. The song, sure, is a them, but the look, her look at that point was her hooiest look. It was like, it was a flash what is in the this? pan look. Yeah, what is this look? Oh, this look now? It's like, no, it's not the most iconic Gwen look. And even she knows it. A bokodiski, a recarity placey moody woe, a de perfever group, for ruby, burby dooby dooby, tell Bobby no whoopies or kush. Hi, Who Weekly. So, um, my brain is melting, and um, you're talking about naming a baby boss baby, like after boss baby from the show or movie. But just to be clear, uh, similar to baby from Dirty Dancing, boss baby's name is not boss baby. <laughs> boss baby's name is Lindsay Templeton. <laughs> I have small children and I've been stuck at home with them for 10 months. Can you tell? This is confusing because I did make a joke that I would name a baby Boss Baby. But you're right. Boss Baby's name is not Boss Baby. It's Theodore Lindsay with an A, Templeton. If I named a baby Theodore Lindsay Templeton, only people like you, no offense, who have children and have seen Boss Baby as much as I have, would know the reference. Meanwhile, the greater world would not know that I just named my baby after Boss Baby, which Mm -hmm. I guess maybe is more subtle and more smart. But I'm just saying to you, it's not as funny. It's definitely (laughs) smart. It's definitely smart. So, yes, the reveal of Boss Baby having a girl's middle name is a big plot of the first one or whatever. (laughs) It's a big plot. I just wanted to correct this caller, not to be rude. I was just like, of course we know that Boss Baby's name is Lindsay. Lindsay, It's Lindsay's favorite movie. We've talked about it on the podcast before. You're very much the Boss Baby. I am the Boss Baby. The Boss Baby is named after me. But we do not associate Mm -hmm. the Boss Baby with Alec Baldwin. We've we've removed the connection to Alec Baldwin in our minds, hearts, and souls. Yeah, even though he's in both movies. Did you see the the new Boss Baby was delayed? Did I see? You texted it to me and you were I'm sorry. Do you need more time to make the boss baby? It's literally a cartoon. <laughs> I'm sorry, finished. you need no, you need finished. more time. Then why are they doing that so that we can see it in theaters? Okay, I appreciate that. I'll that's mm-hmm. fine. Yes, that's why. <sighs> I know. That's I guess why. I'll go see it in theaters. A great opportunity for me. Let's move on to questions. Hey Bobby Lindsay. Um I just saw these pictures of Olivia Wilde and Harry Styles holding hands at someone named Jeff's wedding. Um, gonna need to know. 
what is happening there, who's Jeff, and what's up. Very, very important, um, I don't know, development. Can you please explain? Crunch, crunch. Bye. Who is Jeff? Well, who is Jeff? I mean, I don't know. I'll see who cares, but whatever. Don't you go lesbian. My favorite question is, who is Jeff and also who cares? <laughs> I love when people only were allowed to cheat thems into our syllabus. You are not allowed to cheat thems into our syllabus. This is the biggest, this is the most glaring them cheat of the Who Weekly season. Aside from when oh, we yeah. talked about Gwen Stefani for 20 minutes last week. <laughs> huge who about two minutes ago we tweet. talked about Gwen Stefani for too long yeah we Trojan horse some thems in here yeah we definitely did we hid Harry Styles and Olivia Wilde in a big ass horse and led them in pulled in by some guy named Jeff so now we have to tell you who Jeff is <laughs> therefore t- talking about this maybe yes. relationship we have two rumored relationships with various degrees of evidence today but this is the first one mm-hmm. well did you also see the Channing Tatum Zoe Kravitz uh, rumors were also squashed. They were like, Those no, they're were not squashed. dating. Well, E! News claimed they had the exclusive that they weren't dating. The other two had like breadcrumbs. The the Zoe and Channing thing didn't even have breadcrumbs. So there was nothing. We didn't have a pick. On the same day, people from every angle were like, I'm hearing, I'm hearing that Channing, Tatum, and Zoe Gravitz are dating. Like, I'm hearing this. And so we all just <laughs> believed it because how fun is that? But there was nothing. Right. Especially because she just announced they're getting divorced. Channing is a great figure. Whatever. Yeah. You know, my first reaction to that was and still is. And sure. honestly, I'm heartened. Was like, what? I was sad because I still I Jessie felt J. like Channing and Jesse J. I know. Were a perfect match. I know. And that's not even because we are who we are. But I really thought that Jesse J. and Channing Tatum were a perfect match. Perfect I think they match. still are. I think they'll still get back together. I think he called Me her too. when she was in the hospital for like tinnitus or whatever. Oh, she had lesionaires. No, she had moniers. No, moniers. 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 She's fine. But she went to the hospital and I think he called her. But I feel like Jesse heard the rumors too about Channing and Zoe. And maybe, maybe Jesse sent channing a text and just said hope it isn't true and then put it a heart you know that's what yeah. i pictured yeah. yeah he's like babe no it's not true and then she texted e-news like it's not true <laughs> 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 then they posted it wasn't true okay back to jeff oh god who cares jeff got married mid-pandemic uh with a few people but still dumb meanwhile he has these people who are filming a movie come to the wedding Talk about Don't not travel safe cross pollination. I'm just saying these people are doing From the most one like, part of a surge state to another I part know. of a surge state. I'm not going to look at this wedding and say this is cute. No, I'm it's not. It's just insane to see. First of all, you're filming a movie which is already like kind of a risky production, right? Like then you're going to mm-hmm. go to a wedding in the middle of that production, like, and you're taking the director of the movie. It just feels like the director of the movie should be like, maybe I shouldn't go to a wedding. Because it feels mm-hmm. like maybe I should keep my movie free of COVID. Anyways. Anyways. Without that context. Because yeah. that context is not fun. Really just not fun. No. Jeff uh, is Jeff Azo- Azoff. Jeff Azoff is Harry Styles' manager and quote unquote best friend. Harry did <laughs> um, wear a bathrobe and conduct the services of the wedding. He married mm-hmm. them. So that was cute, I guess. Jeff Azoff is most famously uh, Irving Azoff's son. So if you wonder how you get into the music industry, it's your dad's Irving Azoff. How do you? How do I become a music <laughs> manager? Well, your dad's Erling, Irving Azoff, who basically invented the music industry. 
in some ways, <laughs> just a big guy in the music industry. But Jeff, whatever, he has his own agency. God, what else is there to say? Uh, who cares? His wife is named Glenn. She works at Apple Music. She was at Snapchat. She also works in music. And she worked at CAA. The the rumor, the goss, the assumption. It's more like just an assumption because they both worked at CAA at the same time. That's how they met. Right. Which clicks because that's how you meet people. Okay. Isn't that boring? Wasn't that fun? The, the question, so who is Jeff, boring. is hilarious. And the way that this was covered, the way it was like with um, Naturi Naughton's ex-boyfriend, Ben, where it was like, Naturi Naughton and Ben over and over again. This was Harry Styles and Olivia Wilde go to Jeff's wedding. We didn't know who Jeff was. The moment you find out who Jeff is, you're so bored. Right. You're so bored. It's just so funny because I don't actually think anyone genuinely cared who Jeff was. Like, it's no. a very disingenuous way to talk about what these two possibly having sex and what do we think about that again this isn't them weekly but i'm intrigued Ugh, and i think olivia wilde is cuspy i think olivia, olivia wilde is, is cuspy. extremely cuspy i don't we can, know her dog confuses her with olivia munn we we know this okay so her divorce was just announced but they broke up i think months ago because that's how things work it's like they didn't break yeah. up as soon as they got Divorce, but it means she's been single for a while. They'd never gotten married. They were just engaged for a long, right. long, long time. They have two kids. She's working on this movie. She's a director. Harry Styles is in, and he replaced Shia LaBeouf in this film. I'm just trying to lay the groundwork for what I think. I don't know. I'm like, I hear lots of rumors about Harry Styles, you know, dilly-dallying and <laughs> dilly-dallying. That's the wrong word. Just like out there being like, you know, fucking around and like a fun way. Like just being In a fun like. Way. Anyways, is what I'm saying is like, it doesn't surprise me th- to say Harry Styles is hooking up with XYZ. He also historically likes older women. So the 10-year mm-hmm. age difference is not a thing for him in terms of like, oh, I can't picture this. It's like, yeah, I can kind of picture this, you know? Mm-hmm. Because I don't know if you remember, or a few months ago there were rumors on Twitter that he was hooking up with Tracy Ellis Ross, which I actually do fully believe. <laughs> I don't know about you. Sure. I believe that was it. Out why there. not? Yeah. Why not? Those rumors are still going around too. They are. My gut says that they're not fucking, that they knew what would happen if they held hands on this thing. They're promoting a movie like they're just having a laugh. And I don't believe the sources that are anonymously talking to the tabloids being like, oh, they're keeping it secret. I don't, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. It's just my intuition. Can't explain it. I kind of think that if they're pictured like this, they're at least hooking up. Mm. I don't know. I'm kind of like, why? What's the point of this? Getting press for a movie that isn't even out. Getting press for a movie that has no no press to go against. They don't need good press for a movie that doesn't have any press. It's still filming. If anything, getting press for being at a wedding in like kind of a kind of doing dangerous mid-pandemic behavior is not amazing. So why would you go to a wedding and draw attention to the fact that you're doing that by holding hands? I don't know. It just feels very like whatever it is, it's not well planned. The photos are just so dumb and silly and they knew that they would get exactly this. And it, it just feels especially trolly. I, I think that not everything is, oh, they're trying to get press. Like that is like an easy blanket answer for everything. There's a huge difference between Ben Affleck and Ana de Armas, like their romance, like getting press for Deepwater and these two getting press for Don't Worry Baby or whatever. I think there's like, it's thi- it's a thin line, but there's it's a difference. It was like 70 something degrees a couple days ago. It's time to put our winter weather to bed or in my Pull case under out the bed. Your linens, sweeties. The lin it's time it's linen season, honey. Oh, oh, all I want is linen all the time. I just want to be draped in linen for my entire life. Not only am I pulling out my linen 
tops, my linen bottoms, my linen dresses. I'm putting on my linen sheets. I'm putting on my linen pillowcases. I'm just like, Ooh. everything is linen because the weather's getting warmer. So it's time to say goodbye to jackets, sweaters, and hello to shorts, tees, and linen. I know. I should probably buy some linen shorts from Quince. I have a Quince cotton duvet cover that I really like. Ooh. And it's warm. Ooh. It's it's warm in the cold months and it's cool in the warm months, which is sort of where I want my bedding to be, somewhere mm-hmm. in the middle. You and know? you can get premium European linen from blouses, shorts, dresses from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. And you get it for a good price because Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, they cut out the cost of the middlemen and pass the savings on to I you. I hate middlemen. I hate and middlemen. only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. We love it. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash who for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash who to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash who. Hi, Lindsay and Bobby. Um, what are these rumors on Twitter that um, Jeffree Star and Kanye West hooked up? <laughs> where, where is this coming from? What happened? What happened? Well, where is it coming from? It's coming from a TikTok. TikTok. Naturally. TikTok. Uh, this woman on TikTok was like, Kanye West and Jeffree Star. Well, first, okay, well. You have to put this into context of the day that happened yesterday. Aside from literally the world exploding, Kim Kardashian and Kanye West kind of announced they were getting a divorce. Not even they announced it. There were rumors that were confirmed by page six. Then TMZ was like, well, they're considering it. Basically, there is a groundswell of information that implies that people are hiring lawyers and a divorce is happening. So Kim Mm -hmm. and Kanye are probably getting a divorce, possibly getting a divorce, again, not confirmed. And then this comes out. And then this woman's TikTok starts trending around Twitter. And her TikTok starts trending on Wednesday morning when it got completely overshadowed by all the Capitol news. But it's still, it was bubbling under the surface, you know? Like, it was everywhere, even though other things were more everywhere. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? I'll play it. Yeah. Now that Kim's finally doing this, I feel like I can spill the tea that I've been holding on to for months. This whole divorce comes as no surprise. Kanye's been hooking up with a very famous beauty guru. Male beauty guru. A lot of people in the scene have known for a while. Meanwhile, who is this woman? What is her scene? Anyways, will you click the other TikTok that also came out? It says the two TikToks. There's one link right there. This is the TikToker who actually did explaining. Here we go. Did Kanye West cheat on Kim Kardashian with Jeffree Star? This rumor has people shook on social media right now. Let's talk about it. So this rumor starts with the fact that Kanye has been living exclusively at him and Kim's Wyoming ranch for the last month while their divorce plays out peacefully, which is what they wanted for their kids. He also spent a lot of time there with his friends over the summer while all of his election stuff was going on. Here comes in this viral TikTok with this girl sharing that she has exclusive information about Kanye's infidelity. Nope. This whole divorce comes as no surprise. Kanye's been hooking up with a very famous beauty guru. Male beauty guru. A lot of people in the scene have known for a while. Continuing, we all know Kanye West has been at his ranch over the summer in the last month, but guess what other beauty guru announced he was moving to Wyoming in August and now lives there? Jeffree Star. Ava Louise said that her friend is a great lawyer and met with Kim over the summer. Apparently, Kim gave the unnamed lawyer all the evidence that Kanye was cheating on her with Jeffree Star and was planning to file for divorce. Also, if Kanye was hooking up with a male beauty guru, him and Jeffree live in the same gated community. And now both happen to live in Wyoming. These are unconfirmed rumors. The TikToker's name is Ava Louise. She's also the TikToker who uh, licked a cha- licked a toilet 
called it the coronavirus challenge, licked a toilet on an airplane. Mm-hmm. Just saying, if you want to, the context of this girl, shout out to Pop Crave for posting. The woman responsible for the Kanye West Jeffree Star viral meme is actually Ava Louise, the problematic influencer who went viral in March for licking a toilet seat as part of the corona challenge. So the source of this is Ava Louise, who is extremely popular on TikTok. So if she is going to go on TikTok and make a claim like this. It's going to go everywhere really, really quickly. But she's just like a, a aspiring singer and TikTok star. She has five hundred thousand followers. It's not that's not huge, huge on TikTok. That's big, but not huge. That's enough. Huge. So the claims we're dealing with here is that they both moved to Wyoming and that they both have a house in the Hidden Hills in LA. Okay, the first part I didn't quite get until I heard that TikTok again. I thought that they meant gated community in Wyoming. Of course, I thought, why would you live in a gated community in Wyoming? The whole point of Wyoming is to have like thousands of acres of land around you (laughs) and to have a huge ranch. You wouldn't want to be near anyone. But the point is I did look up where they both moved to because I was curious. Kim and Kanye purchased a ranch in Cody, which I know the exact address of because it's very easy to look up. And then Mm -hmm. Jeffrey purchased a ranch reportedly at the base of the Casper Mountain in Wyoming. So if you do like a drive directions between them, it's a four hour drive. So it's not like it's not like these two moved in shacked up in Wyoming. Could you drive four hours to hook up with Kanye West? Sure. Would you all the time? Whatever. I don't know. Maybe. I I don't know. And at first this was believable (laughs) just because the reason being is that there's always been rumors about Kanye West or whatever. And, Mm -hmm. you know, with everything going on, it feels very like, all right, why not? You know, but then Jeffree Star tweets a picture of himself that says, I'm ready for Sunday service, which Which is is clearly a troll. And now I fully don't believe it. Now I'm like, I don't believe it at all. And also, Wyoming is iconically, which I didn't really realize until doing exactly one Google, where you will find every news service in the entire world has written about the fact that rich people, as in like billionaires especially, love buying real estate and parking their shit in Wyoming because they have extremely lax incorporation laws and tax laws. So you don't pay a lot of taxes. And it's really easy to create shell companies anonymously. And those laws have changed. And I don't want to get into it because I don't really understand it that well. But if you are rich, it's really good for your money and assets to be parked in Wyoming. So it's not surprising that rich people would move there because they've been moving there for a long time now. Right. And the thing about Hidden Hills is it's also a place where a lot of rich people live. So if you said, oh, Jeffree Star and Kanye West are hooking up because they both live in Hidden Hills, then I guess like every celebrity is hooking up with each other because they all fucking live in Hidden they Hills. They all. All live there. <laughs> they all live there. All of the Kardashians live there too. So it's just like, oh, is Jeffrey Star hooking up with Chris Jenner as well? Like the 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 math doesn't really hold up at all. The math does not hold up. Celebrities who live in Hidden Hills. It's literally like a laundry lift. Drake lives there. Like it's just it's yeah, it's a lot of people. It makes sense though for a story like this to go viral. It was sort of only a matter of time. After the divorce was, I don't know, quote unquote announced because it wasn't announced by them. It was announced by the press. I wanted to believe this so badly for like a hot hour, you know, a hot 60 minutes. But then the moment you do your one Google, you realize, oh, this is probably bullshit. Oh, wait, this person used to lick toilet seats. We're already villainizing Kanye for many reasons, especially in this divorce. Kim Kardashian definitely took charge of the of the leaked information you can tell by what's being said in the press it's definitely coming from her camp it has Chris Jenner's hands all over it the the mark of the devil 
Mm-hmm. And also, however you feel about Kanye, it's already villainizing him, which is always going to, mm-hmm. which is going to be the case because she literally is going to law school. So she has Laura Wasser, the iconic celebrity divorce lawyer on her side, and she's just going to, she's going to be the one with the more powerful accepted message in this divorce, however, whatever, however you feel about it or not. And so, and Jeffree Star is the villain of YouTube. He's literally YouTube's number one villain. And so to have them like, quote unquote, maybe hook up is kind of like this perfect narrative. It's almost too perfect. And that I think is the is what kind of convinced me after the tweet when he was bragging about it or like trolling about it. I was like, I was like, all right, this is bullshit. Like, because now you're playing into now you're just playing into it. Jeffrey's like, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. Jeffrey loves this rumor. I know. Loves it. To me, it feels very. (laughs) Yeah. I'm just like, all right, you ruined you ruined it, and you made it now that I just don't believe it, you know, mm-hmm. for various reasons. And I am the most gullible person on the planet. I would love to believe this, but it just doesn't hold up to me. So the second them-adjacent relationship rumor that just doesn't, it doesn't hold water. Wow, too, too debunked by Bobby, although I don't know if I wouldn't say the first one I fully agree with, but the second one I do, I do agree with. The first one makes more sense than this one. Really? Because there is a connection yes, there? Like, the, yes. There's no connection. Right. Well, there's um, also a little photo of them holding hands. This one, we don't yeah. have any information. We just have two TikToks or a few TikToks from a, from a lady who also mm-hmm. licked the toilet. I'm not trusting some woman who licked a toilet in an airplane in March. Get out of here. I wouldn't lick a toilet anytime on an airplane, <laughs> let alone now. Both of them had the same, I don't know, cadence. Both of those videos, the the toilet licker and then the other TikToker. Well, that's how TikTokers talk. It's really amazing. It's amazing. You can't really mimic it unless you're knee deep in it. And it's like this. It's like this. Uh, Kim and Connie Mister getting divorced today. <laughs> clip. <laughs> clip. <laughs> because then, it's it's fast clips, but they have to go really fast, and their heads are their head is popping up in front of the like green screen or whatever they're showing behind them. Mm-hmm. It's it's an amazing tool. <laughs> TikTok is an extremely robust editor, but it's also like really tedious. So to be able to like navigate the tedium of making a TikTok video and maintain that energy is like really impressive. But I'm just saying that like this wouldn't have gone as viral as it did i'm well this is just my speculation it's yeah like, what do you think because it's tiktok those videos are just so easily believed I well guess. i think it's what the those videos feel like they're on the inside somehow when mm-hmm. literally the basis of a tiktok video is anyone can sign up for an account and make them and actually mm-hmm. we should be more wary of these sources because yeah. literally it could just be anyone going on a camera saying da 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 but it almost feels like the the just intimate the, the culture of tiktok is, hey, I'm a waitress and I worked at this restaurant and Kim Kardashian came in and she was rude. And that already, I think that those types of videos set the precedence that TikTok is somehow an insider, that all of these people have all of this information that they're just going to share. And I think that that's what the problem is. So when something like this comes out and this woman just says, people have been talking about it, everyone's talking about it, you're like, they have. Oh my God, they have. When it's like, not necessary like no she could just the woman say who that. licked the toilet in march on tiktok said that all the insiders are talking about kanye and That's kim's divorce and that he's right. fucking jeffree star right it's like oh hmm. right like the timing is I too good <laughs> and the source is not good enough but like i fully understand how tiktok feels this this faux in- intimacy kind of like a podcast mm-hmm. kind of like a podcast. yeah no it reminds you of clubhouse too where it's like the moment you step into clubhouse so you're intimate. like oh my god 
Yeah. I like walked into an actual house party and, and I, I would believe anything anyone says because it's like gossip. I'm like, ooh, <laughs> gossip. I'm I'm it's like when you're in Zelda and you like you um you eavesdrop on a conversation from outside a door. Have you ever done that in Zelda? I didn't play Zelda. But I do do that in the in the Hitman games. In the Hitman games you have to walk around. You walk around, you listen to people say like, yeah. oh, I heard that uh, this yeah. uh, they're, they're having some meeting in the big boardroom over there and you're like, okay, that's where I'm going to kill the guy in the big yeah. boardroom at the meeting. Oh, the Zelda's more yeah, like yeah. you over here people like there's a treasure in the in the mountain. I think it's at the top of this specific mountain and you're like, "Oh, <laughs> bitch, I'm going to get that treasure." <laughs> That's all I do is play Breath of the Wild. Okay, moving on. Did you get Witcher 3? I've got to finish Breath of the Wild first, bitch. Oh, I thought you finished Breath of the Wild forever ago. I have to get every shrine. I'm working oh, at you have to get it. All the it takes Did hours. Did you get all the Korok seeds? That's even more of a commitment. There's hundreds and thousands yeah. of Korok seeds. <laughs> There's literally thousands of Korok seeds. Next call. Hi, Bobby and Lindsay. Uh, cast of Bridgerton. British? Them, British who's, American who's potentially becoming them, and who are they? Can you walk through, like, the main people? I just, I'd rather you do it than me. Oh, that's my crap. Um, crunch, crunch. Bridgerton on Netflix, a.k.a. Shonda Rhimes' first Netflix contracted project, which is pretty interesting what she did with it. I kind of am, like, obsessed with the idea that she – literally got a gajillion dollars and Disney passes from Netflix and said, well, the first thing I'm going to do is something that is nothing like I've ever done before, which is very mm-hmm. cool. It's like it it has a Shonda heart, but it really doesn't resemble Grey's Anatomy or For the People or, no. or Scandal. It doesn't have that episodic-ish vibe that I think those shows famously do for network TV. I think she knows she doesn't need that on Netflix, but like that's a whole mm-hmm. other story. And also, like, from a marketing perspective, it's like Shonda Rhimes could fart out another great, like, hospital procedural. You know, that's like, true. that's easy. So she's that's like, not... I'm gonna, I want to get press for something different. That's not what and, she and wants And surprise to people do. by saying, this is also good. Totally. Like, I expect her to make another show that's similar to Grey's Anatomy at some point, because why wouldn't she? We are not going to focus on the show itself, because we're going to talk about that actually on this week's bonus Patreon. Um, If you want to hear us go in depth about the show, uh, we will be doing it there. What we're going to talk about here is the stars of Bridgerton, who may or may not have a breakout who moment. My mm-hmm. question to you is, it came out, what, last weekend or two weekends ago uh, at Christmas, this point? Christmas, two, two weekends ago, because it was Christmas. I Has it, Christmas it sustained Day. the kind of excitement? Are still people still buzzing about this show? Like, is it Queen's Gambiting? <laughs> I think it's definitely Queen's Gambiting a little more slowly. But even the de- what, what Queen's Gambiting means changes week to week, day to day also, because like, who gives a shit about the Queen's Gambit anymore? Who gives a shit about big-eyed girl from Queen's Gambit? You know, like, there are no more of those conversations happening. So it's sort of like, I think the Netflix effect is very weird. How many it Netflix, like, hunk of the weeks have we talked about, you know? You really get gaslit by the mm-hmm. excitement. It's interesting how big these shows make you feel like they are when they aren't mm-hmm. necessarily that big. Or they are that big, but the light burns fast and bright and is Fast done. and bright. They are big because Netflix is now getting tons of their press by saying like, oh, 60 million households watched it, which what does that even mean? 
you know. And they are big because these actors then get opportunities based off their appearances in this show. And especially if a lot of these are newcomers, which a lot of them are. So, like, I guess it's, like, on the inner workings of Hollywood, like, this could be somebody's big break. and But we don't quite see it yet. And we can't really make that prediction yet. But mm-hmm. – I will say the person who stood out the most for me, the male lead, I feel like he is like the most promising in terms of like someone I see like just ju- like jumping on to the next thing and being immediately back in our faces and continuing his journey. Do you know what I mean? From a traditional Hollywood perspective, like he's kind of the breakout guy. But the thing about the show is it's based on a series of books where, like, based on the Bridgerton families, like, every book kind of focuses on, like, other people in the Bridgerton family. TBD on whether or not he'll even be a major part of the second season. Right. They'll definitely be, the show will definitely have a few seasons. So Mm -hmm. these people's, like, jaunt into Hollywood or jaunt, I don't mean jaunt, like, jump into Hollywood. Sure. Like, will maybe be delayed because they'll be on this show for another few seasons or whatever. Mm -hmm. They're not all brand new at all. But like, it's just a matter of like the fact that this isn't it isn't like a limited series. It's like actually a TV mm-hmm. show with ser- with seasons. So that could happen. Before we get too heady about what all this means and what we expect as in terms like, of who like, are these people? Fame. Who are they specifically? The main Bridgerton, at least this season, is Daphne. She's the focus of this season. Daphne Bridgerton. This is Phoebe Dinevere. And she's like sort of not quite Kira Knightley. She has an extremely Kira Knightley vibe with like she does. an interesting mouth that does things you can imitate. But I think also period stuff kind of like pushes you into a Kira Knightley corner unless you're very careful. And she kind of got pushed into that corner you know like the minute the minute an actress puts on one of those like high-waisted dresses that is not flattering on anyone unless they have no boobs or no butt like (laughs) the minute that dress goes on that your body you're all of a sudden like your eyes open wider than they possibly could before and you start talking like Kira Knightley the moment your thin belt is above the nipples (laughs) you start talking like Kira Knightley (laughs) and I will say what was funny was people were like how do I know this woman it's because the same audience that watches Bridgerton definitely watched <laughs> Younger, and she is in Younger. She plays the, I think she plays Claire, like, uh, Claire but uh, it's Nico Tortellini, whatever her name, Nico Tortorello's uh, girlfriend from one of the later seasons. You sort of, I mean, there's something a little meta about her because she's so obvious that that's kind of her plot line where it's like, she's the obvious lead. She's the obvious, you know, bell of the ball, number one debutante of the season but like is she actually that interesting like what's she actually all about which is kind of what the show is doing who she is she's very she's like Kira Knightley and she's also nepotism she's British nepotism her mom is extremely famous as far as I can tell because she was on Coronation Street which is a, a soap opera that's been on the air since 1960 for 35 years right her mom Sally was So she has ties to like British drama here, which makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. Then next up, we have the person who plays her love interest. I don't think that's a spoiler. Reggae Jean Page, uh, who plays Simon. Who I think is the the breakout because I think he is the one who people are talking about. And he has a Shonda relationship. So he was in like sort of a, not a Shonda flop, but a less... uh, not a, a less full flop, Shonda but property. definitely not. It's no Grey's Anatomy. I think it was on for like a <laughs> right. few seasons. 
it was like Shonda was like, I could do a lawyer show, and she did a lawyer show, and it didn't get yeah. as much attention. But I do as love Grey's that Anatomy. Shonda was like, oh, that guy from For the People should do it. Like, I like that Shonda has like. It's cool because it's like Ryan Murphy has this also like group of actors that he pulls from. Shonda should have that as well because there's so mm-hmm. many like secondary Shonda actors that I feel like she could like take along for the ride who didn't really get their shine in these like procedurals that like not many people watched or at least like a yeah. very specific audience watched, you know? Mm-hmm. He was also in Roots um, and he got a lot of attention for being the in the remake, Roots not the miniseries, original. the reboot. Yeah, the ori- yeah, not the original. He's not he's not old at all. He is not nepotism. He's from Britain. He's Zimbabwean too. And the funny thing is like when you watch old videos, like old videos that aren't even that old, that are just a couple of years old, his vibe has completely changed. He is officially like a netflix hunk right now and he did not have that vibe as recently as like two years ago he got a little glow up and i also think the like role itself again the 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 spectacle of it all really kind of like changes they always say like when you get into costume on like a project like that you're like whoa now i can like fully be immersed it's like Mm -hmm. actually do see that for these people because they just become Totally. Even with the even with um the girl who's from um Dairy Girls, it's like yeah, we can move on to her. Nicola Coughlin. She's also like kind of a breakout on the show for various reasons, but like she t- looks totally different on this show than she does to me from Dairy Girls, which is a show that a lot of people like. It's also on Netflix, but is also kind of one of those shows that's one of the things where it's like, oh, you have to watch Dairy Girls. It's unclear yeah. who actually watches Dairy Girls it, or how many people, but everyone's talking about it. She's like iconically a lesbian on Dairy Girls. Yes. Again, I don't Irish. watch the show, but that's, yeah. She's like a fan favorite. I feel like I always see screenshots from of her from Dairy Girls. She's mm-hmm. also on the show Harlots, which I never watched, but everyone loved. It's on Hulu. Um, did you watch Harlots? No, but I've been told many times. Yeah. There are plenty of other people in this show, obviously, but these are the three that people are talking about when it comes to the young ones. Then I think people are mostly talking about the older people, to be honest. Like, and right. I kind of find the older people more interesting. Well, they're better on the show. It's always the more interesting, like, TV thing. It's not just a Ryan Murphy thing, but you have here, she's pulling, like, kind of established older actresses and giving them really kind of fun, meaty roles. And one of them is Adjua Ando, who plays the Duke's, like, aunt, not quite aunt, but... I looked her up and she's like kind of British theater them is what it seems like. I was like trying to think of an American equivalent and I was like getting very like Audra McDonald and Stocker Channing-y vibes because it was like, oh, a woman who's kind of home base is the theater, but she still shows up in like episodic TV pretty frequently. Mm-hmm. And then there's the woman who plays the Bridgerton matriarch. Her name is Ruth Gemmel, Ruth Gemmel. She's also a theater actor and been working at constantly forever but the most interesting role that i found of hers is that she's the drew barrymore role in the british the original fever pitch yeah this was hard to the way you wrote this was impossible to (laughs) mrs bridgerton was drew barrymore in the original fever pitch i was like what i had to literally like click and then think and then stop and then she played the role that drew barrymore then repeated in the movie fever pitch with jimmy fallon this woman was in the original fever pitch which is based on a nick hornsby book and was made into a british series or movie i forget a movie and colin firth was the and ruth was the girlfriend yes i i mean i just think that what's interesting about being like who is this who is this about this show is that this show is like good because of its casting a lot of it is Mm -hmm. so like so kind of like the who is good conversation is gonna be a little bit kind of meta because like the whole idea Mm -hmm. is that is that the the reason why the casting is so good is because it's so thoughtful and it's not people you've heard of, but it's like these these kind of like actors that are very good at what they do 
and mm-hmm. but do these kind of do everything these like every man players in a way you know yeah. especially the older actors you know and will they become them i don't know if this were five years ago i'd be much more willing to say yes than now things come and go so quickly on netflix that who is to say let's play eight calls <laughs> no. we just debated for like a solid 20 minutes who lucy hale was because underneath that mask she is unrecognizable um also planet fitness sponsoring this new year's eve is bleak hi is lucy hale hosting the new year's eve show or not because we can't decide crunch crunch hello we're subjecting ourselves to the terrible abc ryan seacrest bullshit he said on to you lucy and i was like who's that i didn't recognize her and i was like is that lucy hale but I don't know who Lucy Hale is. And I didn't know what she looked like. <laughs> but I knew that her name was Lucy Hale. <laughs> Hyaluronic acid. <laughs> How the hell does Lucy Hale keep booking New Year's Rockinade? It is just unfathomable to me. Why is Lucy Hale on the New Year's Eve broadcast? Why is Lucy Hale the Times Square correspondent? This is so weird. <laughs> Hi, I was just watching um, Dick Clark's New Year's Rockin' Eve, and I'm wondering if Lucy Hale likes her job. Because I can't tell, because she looks so sad, but I also can't imagine that she like does she need this gig? Probably, well, probably. But I just don't know. I don't know. What do you think? Crunch, crunch. Am I crazy for saying that, like, Dick Clark's Rock and Eve is, like, not as, like, it's not the king anymore? That it's, like, actually Andy and Anderson on CNN? Like, isn't that crazy that it's, like, it? it's not, do most people, like, I want to know the ratings. It feels like it's not really the one that people are watching. I mean, clearly these people are watching it, but. In my, I mean, the, anecdotally, when I was texting people about New Year's, I was, they were watching Anderson Cooper and Andy. I mean, I don't want it. It's a very specific, it's a specific demo, like, and it's our sample. Yeah. It's a bad sample, but I guess it's I just wonder, sample. like, it just feels like over the past few years, like, Dick Clark's rocking. He's not even, like, it feels like it's really he's lost. Dead. It's, well, yeah, but it's like that brand has really lost its flavor. Nobody wants to watch Ryan Seacrest and Lucy Hale countdown from 10. I certainly don't. I just don't want to watch Ryan Seacrest. I, I think don't that either. Ryan Seacrest is like, I'd be happy to watch Sierra and Lucy Hale and Billy Porter talk about New Year's Eve. I'd be happy, but I think Ryan Seacrest brings down the rest of it. Lucy Hale did co-host it last year. It was her first year in New York, but the previous three years they made her do it from New Orleans. I guess she was like <laughs> the New Orleans correspondent, which I'm that makes it say made her do it. It's an amazing opera. I would fucking love. You get to go to New Orleans mm-hmm. and you're the person. I'd rather in be in New Orleans. I'd rather than, be New Orleans. I'd rather be in New Orleans than New York. For Me too. For New, New Year's? Are you kidding? Are you, kidding? Much are more you fun. kidding? So all these people sound surprised, but like she literally did it last year, so it's kind of funny mm-hmm. that that's the case. And what else was there to do this year? So like more people were watching at home than they probably were last year, you know? And I would argue that out of all the things Lucy Hale does do, this is maybe what she's most suited for because we have this issue with her again and again that like there's something there, there's a spark there, but it's not getting translated to the projects that she is doing as each one of them get canceled in a matter of weeks after they premiere. I mean, I still very much personally think that Lucy Hale was robbed Emily in Paris. Like, I don't know how that works. I don't know if it's true. But in my mind, Lucy Hale was up for Emily in Paris and somehow lost it. And that is a robbery. Emily in Paris probably shot while Lucy was in Katie Keene, you know? (laughs) Well, that's what I'm saying. I think she, I think it's like 
Lucy Hale took its sliding doors. She got the brown haircut. She didn't get the because I mean the that was haircut. one of our big accounts. We did think that Katie Keene was going to be the thing that finally <laughs> happened we? for Lucy Hale. Yes, we did. No, we and didn't. I mean, didn't we happen. were like, oh, here's the thing. It's related to uh, Riverdale. Like, it's going to be big because of Riverdale. And it's like, it was what cute. The fuck? Yeah, it was cute. It was a cute show. But don't you? And couldn't it, you see Lucy Hale and Emily in Paris? She's a better actress than Lily Collins. Mm-hmm. It's such a lost opportunity because it's just it's such a silly show that she'd be perfect in. And I just feel like it should have it should have been Lucy. She knows. I bet she knows. She knows. People probably called her and said, oh, you're so good at Emily in Paris. And she's like, that's not me. The screen, the script probably says a Lucy Hale type. I know. Literally. <laughs> also, were how many of those calls came from the same house? Yeah, how I was going to say, I feel like four of you who are hanging out called each separately. An entire pod called us. <laughs> a full pod. And you know what? They were like, this will work. One of us will get. And guess what? We We owned you. All of you got. <laughs> All of you got it. You all got it. Let's play a game of who are them. How about that? Why do you want to learn a new language? Where would you use it and how would it come in handy? This is what I'm asking myself every single day. Even if I'm not planning on going on a trip where I need to use a new language, I'm just like, my brain needs to stay alive. My brain needs to stay active. And there's only so many crossword puzzles I can do in one week. And that's why I just feel like putting my mind to the test would just be using Rosetta Stone to improve my language skills. And I'm always like idealizing. Oh, I want to learn Francais. So when I go to Francais, I can speak French <laughs> with the person in You go to Quebec. <laughs> but really, I'm speaking I'm speaking on a like dream level, which is also great. Use Rosetta Stone to learn the language of a place you're dreaming of visiting. But also, practically, it makes more sense for me to learn Spanish. And if I'm going to learn Spanish, I'm going to do it on Rosetta Stone. That's amazing. They've been the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users, and they have 25 languages offered. You have fast language acquisition because they immerse you in the language. There aren't English translations, so you really learn to speak. You listen. You think in the language throws out a stone. And it has an intuitive process, so you pick up the language naturally. First words, then phrases, then sentences, which means it's designed for long-term retention. And the app has a true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation, like <laughs> having a personal trainer for your accent. It's very helpful. Okay. That was good. That was good. Thank it's, you. It's convenient. There's an amazing value. You can get a lifetime membership and just have every single language, all 25 languages you can have for your lifetime. And you can just work through them as long as you're alive. That's kind of an iconic mm-hmm. goal to have. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Who Weekly listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash who. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash who today. Hi, uh, short time, first time, but in this short time, I have aggressively gone through the catalog of this podcast. I'm a huge fan. I'm calling about a who them that I've been struggling with. And I feel like the more I think about it, the more I'm still unsure of it, uh, and it's something I'm really passionate about, so feel free to edit this call for brevity if you're to play it, but I want to know if Aaliyah, the late singer Aaliyah, is a who or a them. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Aaliyah, so I think she's a them, um, and I know her work transcends her untimely passing. I mean, she's referenced by a lot of, like, modern singers. One of the biggest songs of 2020, The Box, she's referenced in that. Kanye West has referenced her. People like Drake, Chris Brown, Ew, Frank Ocean have sampled her. Um, and a lot of, like, modern R&B women credit Aaliyah. 
but I also think that, so her work is them, I think, uh, but because of her passing, I think Gen Z, which I am, doesn't really know who she is. They maybe don't know her, but they've interacted with things that have been inspired by her. So I've been really struggling with this. Um, and also, I do think she would be a them if it weren't for her passing. So I think she'd be Beyonce. Sorry, maybe this – I think you got cut off. Maybe you crunch crunched at the end, but that's okay. I I think about this a lot. I think about – I actually think this is one of the most fascinating who thems because I think a major – element of Aaliyah's career and how people see her now is because she her music isn't streaming and we've said this before mm-hmm. on this podcast I know we have yeah. and it's coming on I think it's coming to Spotify soon and I'm very curious soon. to I mean, see that's been the rumor for a long time if like the shift will happen because let's compare Aaliyah to Selena because they both had an untimely end a very early like end to their career she's going to be this big pop diva unstoppable and the reason i can't even say selena is going to be anyone because there was no one really like her that's a whole other issue but selena versus Aaliyah. selena's gotten the big biopic she's got the already got the netflix remake there really is more of like a culture of remembering of selena than Aaliyah, which is crazy to me because while Aaliyah is referenced all the time by modern artists they sample her music her story hasn't really been told in a way that is like affecting but i think that that has a lot to do with the estate like yes 100 percent. it's the estate holding it up and the thing about selena's dad abraham that movie came out i mean she was barely dead when they fast-tracked that movie you're right and it was extremely controversial everything about the production of that movie was was a controversy and then it came out and people were like wow that's a pretty good movie and a lot of people who didn't know who selena was now knew who selena was and like there was all the controversy about j-lo being puerto rican it was like j-lo's of puerto rican descent and she lives in new york like why aren't we getting like a mexican-american woman from texas to do this like this is so fucked up and also like why are we making this movie she just died whereas Aaliyah, you have the opposite problem but it's crazy that say that and to say in retrospect it's good that they made that right after it was Mm -hmm. I mean maybe because it was good because in retrospect we know that it was a good movie and we can say oh I'm you know it's so nice that they made that because it was good but like Mm. wow did that really really cement her as like an icon versus like Aaliyah who I think is just as important but her story has not been told in that kind of iconic way and there has been Aaliyah stories but again with if the music isn't usable it's really difficult to make a biopic good and and real and expensive if you literally don't have the music. Like, you, they'll yeah. stop you first thing, you know? That'll stop you immediately. And Aaliyah's mm-hmm. story is so interesting. There's a lot of elements to it. Uh, a lot of relevance to the R. Kelly story that has been for the past few years a big deal. And, I mean, should have – you get what I'm saying. But, like – it's the just, R. Kelly stuff yeah. makes it really tough, too, also. It's a disturbing story to tell, for yeah. sure. But that's what makes it more of an interesting story. You know, that's why it makes it more mm-hmm. of an interesting story. But I think it ultimately goes back, the Gen Z stuff, it goes back to the music not being streaming. I think that's a huge thing, like you mm-hmm. said. I think that's mm-hmm. the, your main point, and I think it's ultimately the major one. Like, when I look back at, I was looking through my iTunes, because I remember, like, years and years ago, when I wanted... I was I wanted to listen to the Aaliyah album, like the main Aaliyah album, like Aaliyah, the one that came out in like her last one that came out in two thousand one. Mm-hmm. And first of all, it wasn't streaming then; it's still not streaming. And so I had to buy it on iTunes. I remember right. when it came to iTunes, it was like, oh, you can finally buy it, and I have it on iTunes, but you can't buy it anymore. Like it exists in my iTunes library, but if I didn't own it already, I wouldn't be able to get it now. It is such a shame. How AJ, hard nothing but a number is, is there to listen to Aaliyah's yeah. music. It is such. It's a so shame. hard. You have to get like weirdo versions online. Yeah. 
Like, whatever the fuck is going on with the rights in that family and whoever owns it or whatever is so fucked because it, like, Mm -hmm. it really makes it so, like, a younger generation who's, like, listening to, like, SZA and, like, Her and, like, Summer Walker and, like, all of these kind of, like, R&B adjacent artists or whatever, pop, R&B, et cetera, et cetera, that sound Mm -hmm. like Aaliyah, (laughs) that sound like her. Crazy. There's a there's a good there's a really good story from over four years ago right now on Complex by Stephen Witt that you should read that explains it obviously goes back to like the, it's like what happens whenever a record label sort of disintegrates like who where do the where do the where do those rights go yeah and then couple that with an estate that's like famously litigious where it's like no one can agree on anything and you just have like all the elements to create music that just cannot be heard anywhere so it's like her uncle. And this guy named Barry Hankerson. And every year you see a story that's like, here comes our music. It's coming to Spotify. And then it they doesn't show up. They claim it's coming. They claim it's coming. It came at, you're yeah. right, like like clockwork. It came August and September. Yeah, they, they were claimed. like, it's coming. Right. But where is it? It's nowhere. Very silly. It's crazy that the only reason I have it is because I happened to buy it at the right time. <laughs> yeah, know? it's funny. And then it got like, wiped off the internet. Yeah. I'm surprised that it's still in my library because some, you know, your your terms of service and stuff like they could just take away my access to it. You know, that's why buying but for some reason that's why I buying still stuff digitally is so is a scam, silly and such a scam. But it's all we have. Okay. Anyway, because I have it, I'm gonna play a little bit of Rock the Boat to lead us into the next two of them the because I the have middle, it. Work the middle. But is she a who? Yeah, to younger generations probably, but she should be a them, and she's a them to older ones. First time, long time. Um, just had to pause Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. We're watching season three, and we just wanted to know, Yolanda Hadid, um, who are them? Yolanda Hadid, who are them, Ready? Yolanda Hadid, who are them? One, two, three. Who? Who? Yeah, who? Oh, my God. Not only just, like, in terms of, like, this is a who that's not even in terms of like whether people know them or not. Like she's one of the hooiest figures in pop culture. She's just so hooey. Like her pedigree is hooey. Think about everything that surrounds this woman and the mm-hmm. issues that she's faced. Hooey, all of them. She is the ex-wife of Muhammad Hadid, who is himself a who. Her children are m- yeah. actual thems, Gigi and Bella. She's also the ex-wife of David Foster, huge cooey mm-hmm. character. Although no, I don't know if he's a who, but he's a hooey character who's now Which married to Which is why she was on Real Housewives. Character. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's a who. Hi. So I just saw an advert for this new show called, like, Finish the Lyrics or What's the Lyrics or Name, name That Tune. It's called Name That Tune. Oh, my gosh. Sorry. And Rainy Jackson is in it. So my question is, Rainy Jackson, who are them? Thanks. Me inside. Randy Jackson, judge from American Idol, but also like iconic music producer, music industry them for sure. But what do we think broadly? Who or them? One, two, three. Who? Them? Oh, no. Really? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe now my millennial is showing. His name to me is like so... Well, he hasn't been on American Idol for a while. Is he still on American Idol? 
No, he's not on American Idol no, anymore. He hasn't not. been on for a while. I guess he's hosting this game show. He's not really like a name in music as he once was. Like he's more of like a legend. Like people refer to him like David Foster. They're like oh, the iconic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, work he's of, a David Foster. Of, yeah, yeah, Randy yeah. Jackson. But also, I think like even when he was on American Idol, most people weren't even like, oh, Randy Jackson's music. I can name them. Do you know what I mean? Like even then, it was yeah. more. Interesting. And I think the legacy of American Idol is not as potent as people think it is. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, okay. You convinced me now. Fine. I think he's, he's a, a who. who. Okay, he's a I who. I think he's, he's a who. who. However, he's name that who. tune. It's really funny hearing this caller not know what name that tune is. It's know, a remake it's... of a very old show caller. <laughs> it's What's also... it called? What, what are the lyrics? Name, <laughs> name that. <laughs> I'm really good at name that tune, I by the way. I love name that tune. I think I'm good. I can always name it in like three notes. Is 2008's the other bullion girl uh, who are them <laughs> i'm so mad at this caller the 2008 the other bullion girl who are them w- who are them one two three who? who literally she's the other one no one even knows her who is she it's the one of the whoiest movies of all time of all time and to use the uh this at oscar buzz convention i always it's like one of the the top movies that pops up whenever i think about movies that like quote unquote had oscar buzz yeah and then like went nowhere where it's just like oh there's actually just a trash movie that had a nice cast a very very like it person cast yeah. that had a lot of buzz and then no one cared when it came out because it was bad mm-hmm. but yeah it's a who mm-hmm. it's a who mm-hmm. are siskel and ebert who's or them um my husband and I were just talking about them, and, like, they're definitely them to me, but, like, I don't know. Do 20-year-olds know who Siskel and Ebert are? Like, are they still in the consciousness enough that, like, they still are them, even though they're both, like, dead? And, but, like, do they have the legacy to still be them, or are they who's? This is a stupid call, Leanne Cuisine. This is a stupid call, Leanne Cuisine. That that is in its in and of itself a sign off. <laughs> this is a stupid call, Leanne Cuisine. I don't know what to tell you. This is actually kind of fucking with me. It's a little fucking with me. Oh my god, how much I love that show. Oh my god. Siskel and Ebert. I love you can't be that a you can't be show. an impartial judge as they were not impartial. impartial judges on their show, and you can't be an impartial judge on their show. But this is what I'm saying. The reason it's fucking me up is I think that they're who's. You do? If you say one, two, three. Who's? Them. God, I feel like Ebert, though, is still a them. Like, his name still holds a lot of water. Holds a lot of water. He has got his foundation. His wife, Chaz, is, like, doing all the work to, like, keep his name alive. But, like, the show in and of itself, like, do people know where Two Thumbs Up comes from? Do people still even do Two Thumbs Up? I don't know. I feel very disconnected. And I suspect that the show, that people younger than we are don't know what Siskel and Ebert was. Maybe they know the name Roger Ebert. Maybe. But at this point, even Roger Ebert's been dead for quite a few years now. I know, but I just... Siskel's been dead for over 20. (laughs) You're depressing me. I know. I just... I know. You're right. I just... Chicago thems. Chicago thems. You know, I definitely call them a Chicago who. Thems. You know, definitely a who. Roper. Oh, <laughs> that's a who. Oh my god. That guy's a Roper huge a who. who. Roper. He's a who, right? Remember the the months long search for who will replace Siskel, and, and then it it's him, and everyone's Roper. like, "What?" I know this buffoon. I know. 
replacing him with just like the dumbest guy who just like wow. most populist movie we guy. We hate Ugh. Roper. <laughs> Oh, I hate Roper. Siskel, the whole point about Siskel and Ebert, for those of you who don't understand, the, the dynamic of Siskel and Ebert was that, like, if maybe it wasn't true in real life, but it was like, they fought. They had very different opinions. Yes, they obviously agreed sometimes, but when they didn't agree on stuff, that's why you watched it. They fought. It was nasty sometimes. They made fun of each other, where it's like, oh, you would like this. Oh, you wouldn't like this. Like, kind of like And then us. they replace it with, yeah, and then you replace it with wow. Richard Roper, who's just like, great, I loved Gladiator. <laughs> you know, like, it's just like, what else does he have to say? You've hit a nerve. Okay, we're done. Thank you for listening to another episode of Who's There, our weekly call-in show. Call in at 619-who-them to leave questions, comments, and concerns. And we may answer it on a future episode. Support us on patreon.com slash weekly for twice weekly bonus episodes. And um, I don't know what else to tell you. Have have a good weekend. Bye. Hi, Hillary Duff got an eye infection from the amount of COVID tests she took. She just took so many because of all the filming and stuff. Wild. Okay, Lindsay Bobby, long time, long time. I'm kind of confused. I think I'm having a Mandela, Mandela effect situation because I always thought it was Doug the bounty hunter. And I kind of remember from, like, last year when I think his wife died when you were talking about it, like, um, the same thought. So is there a different Doug the Bounty Hunter? Or has it always been Doug? Um, me and the Irish son. Thanks, bye. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. I feel like my moment to contribute to this podcast has perhaps arrived. Um, of course. I'm calling about Ilaria because as a third year medical student, her mother, Catherine Hayward, was actually my preceptor for my primary care rotation for my entire third year um, at Mass General. And aside from being a crazy snake oil saleswoman who would try to pressure her patients from Charlestown into paying her thousands of dollars for her to give them like all kinds of unproven treatments and put them all on macrobiotic diets. She would also tell me about her daughter, Hillary, who was a yoga instructor in New York and show me pictures of Hillary dancing in ballroom dance competitions. So I've kind of been waiting for the other shoe to drop and it has crunch crunch. Bye. Azalea Banks sleeps on the floor. Thanks.